third quarter earnings season is coming to a close. So we're gonna check under the hood and see what's really going on in the market. Here's what matters. Live from New York City, I'm Lauren Goodwin, and this is Market Matters from New York Life Investments. In this podcast, we bring you the best insights from across the New York Life Investments platform because we believe that by sharing perspectives and engaging with you, our listeners, we can all become better investors. Welcome, everybody. It's the week of November 7th, 2022. And yes, it's time for the midterm elections. Check back on our episode from a couple weeks ago for thoughts on what it could mean for the markets, and then come back for the next couple of weeks as we'll digest the results together. But today, we're focused on the markets. Third quarter earnings season is wrapping up this week, and the results were as mixed as this economy is. To help us look under the hood, I'm thrilled to welcome our newest portfolio strategist and member of our team, Michael Legalbo, or Macro Mike, as we like to call him. Michael's a fellow CFA charter holder and USC Trojan. He also received a master's in economics from Johns Hopkins Sice and an MBA from the Wharton School. Fun fact about Michael, in addition to delivering phenomenal macro insights, he also delivers to our team each week a really fun and funny weekly movie review. Michael, thanks so much for joining. Thanks, Lauren. It's great to be here and on the podcast. This is one of my favorite macro podcasts, and I was listening to it long before I joined the team. It's exciting to now be a host on it with you. Wonderful. Well, we're excited to have you here. So let's start from the top with the earnings season story. What's your take on corporate earnings, this story? And in other words, what's your report card on the company's report cards? In a word, underwhelming, but it's not all bad news. Third quarter results have certainly shown some strength. On a year-on-year basis, S&P 500 sales growth is expected to close the quarter up 10%, and earnings are expected to come in 4% higher than where they were 12 months ago. But with earnings, you really have to look under the hood to see what's going on. And what we find isn't that great. Weak overall earnings are being masked by the strength of the energy sector. While other sectors are still growing, if energy were excluded, S&P 500's earnings growth would be negative this quarter. That's interesting because certainly energy has been by far the best performing sector this year, and it's benefiting from supply disruptions via the Russia-Ukraine war, from production cuts from OPEC Plus or the Organization for Petroleum Exporting Countries, and also benefiting from a lack of energy infrastructure, which as an aside, those are all dynamics that we expect to continue, which we'll come back to. So taking it a step deeper, what else did you find under the hood? Roughly 60% of S&P 500 companies have beat their quarterly earnings. That's great news, right? Well, this is typical of every earnings cycle, so not too surprising. Yeah, it's a good point. We typically see 70, 75% of companies beating their earnings estimates. So it's sort of this game analysts and companies play to under-promise and over-deliver over time, something we should all do in our careers, I guess. So 60% of companies beating is actually a bit lower than normal. That's right. And digging a bit deeper, we find that the average earnings beat this quarter has been 0.9%. Historically, the average beat is closer to 3%. So while earnings seem to be holding up, mostly due to the energy sector, we see the cracks forming. Okay. So mixed news there at a high level. Let's talk a bit about the main driver of this economy right now, which is cost. One of the things we were looking most carefully for in this earnings season were signs of whether companies were still able to pass on prices or perhaps not, meaning that it would eat away at their margins. What's your read? It's not terrible yet, but costs are starting to hurt. This year especially, 
Declining margins have been a drag on earnings as companies have been unable to pass along all of their increased costs to consumers. But we can dig into this data as well to see what's really stressing these businesses. From third quarter earnings calls, the three factors most mentioned that were negatively impacting earnings were labor costs and shortages, supply chain disruptions, and foreign exchange, or issues due to a historically strong dollar. It's interesting that you mention labor costs and shortages, because I know we aren't focused on the jobs report or the Fed in this session, but we did have both a jobs report and a Fed meeting last week. And so I want to bring in that labor part of the story. Labor market has been so strong. So can you say a little bit more about how companies are managing those labor costs and labor shortages? Sure. And these are factors where we see significant headwinds for the economy. The labor market is tight, and this is making it costly for companies to hire new workers. COVID, the war in Ukraine, and global political unrest have each played a role in disrupting major supply networks. Finding new distribution channels can cost companies a significant amount of time and money, and a strong dollar eats into the profits of companies with overseas exposure. Here's a great example of that. Bloomberg estimates that by the end of the third quarter, U.S. and European large caps will have lost more than $60 billion in top-line revenue due to foreign currency fluctuations since January. Ouch, $60 billion is a lot of money off the top line, and the dollar giveth and the dollar taketh away, it seems. I'll remind listeners that about a month ago, we discussed dollar strength on this podcast. U.S. outperformance and a weakening global economy are supporting the dollar strength, and we don't expect that to moderate, the dollar strength to moderate, until global growth expectations bottom and or the Fed ends its hiking cycle. We're not there yet. That's right. And the market has been far less tolerant of companies who miss their earnings per share estimates this cycle. On average, historically, companies who misestimated earnings see a 2.2% sell-off in their stock price. But this cycle, the market has been punishing companies for missing their earnings targets. Those that miss earnings are seeing an average sell-off of 4.6%, the highest average reading in nearly a decade. That's interesting. It certainly makes for a difficult investing climate, but also points to one of the items that we're constantly discussing, which is to look for the reliable earnings providers in the equity market to potentially add value to a portfolio. But with earnings, of course, it's all about the outlook. So we've taken a peek behind. What do you see ahead or for the year ahead for corporations? Sure. And this is especially interesting. Wall Street analyst estimates for corporate earnings for the year ahead, 2023, have dropped by only 2% from their January 2022 predictions. This stands in stark contrast to the average of the last 25 years, in which the year ahead estimates dropped by about 6% from January through year end. Let me elaborate here. In January 2022, Wall Street analysts published their predictions for total earnings per share for the end of 2023. As the year progressed, the estimates for 2023 were updated, reflecting market performance and new information. Forever optimistic, the market typically overestimates year-ahead earnings and then adjusts them downward, on average about 6%. This year, 2023 estimates have come down only 2% from where they were in January of this year. What is that telling you about the market? That the market's outlook may be overly optimistic. Exactly. And adding to that, the longer it takes earnings estimates to adjust, the longer the current equity bear market is likely to persist. That's interesting. A number of the bear market rallies this year can be attributed to an over-eagerness for the Fed to slow or pause its pace of interest rate hikes. But when those pauses or slowdowns didn't come, the bear market returned. So then keeping on the topic of outlooks, if a recession is coming down the line or becoming more and more likely, when do we expect that decline in earnings to play into market outcomes? Great question. 
We expect the deceleration in earnings to intensify in a recession, but not decline until the recession begins. We recently analyzed earnings data over recessions back to 1981 and found that corporate earnings growth typically holds up even as the economy slows towards recession. On average, only after a recession begins do earnings begin to fall. As we mentioned at the top, S&P 500 earnings are up on the year. And even though estimates haven't come down as expected for the year ahead, 2023 earnings are still expected to be higher than in 2022. That's right. And it should be noted that there is a significant lag as to when recession begins and when the National Bureau of Economic Research declares that a recession has begun. And so using corporate earnings as an economic indicator helps us identify where we are in a business cycle. That brings us to our portfolio pause, a segment of the program where we share investment ideas. And so let's get into what earnings season means for investors. We'll start high level value versus growth companies within the U.S. equity space. Earlier, we mentioned that a few industries did really well, such as energy, compared to others, including tech that have struggled more on average. Value has been on a solid run against growth since late last year, and earnings data may support further outperformance for value equities. A majority of downward revisions to next 12 months earnings in this cycle has been from growth companies so far. That's great for value. And we do see opportunities within value equities. Most notably in energy, as you said, as we said earlier, strong earnings are helping energy stocks extend their incredible run this year. The S&P 500 earnings sector was up 26% in October alone. The sector is reporting the highest earnings growth, and we're expecting continued outperformance in this economic environment. The financial sector may also be a source of opportunity. Earnings have held up relatively well this cycle, and negative earnings revisions for the sector seem to have bottomed out, while other sectors are still revising estimates downward. All great ideas, and we shouldn't forget the bigger picture. The challenges impacting earnings that companies are facing can't be addressed quickly and won't disappear overnight. These will continue to drag on profits, we expect, and equity prices too. Again, that's what we expect. Should be mentioned that we don't expect the full effects of this year's interest rate hikes from the Fed to be felt until actually next year. Agreed. I think the best thing investors could glean from this earnings season is to avoid chasing bear market rallies. Pressures are growing and fundamentals are weakening. The latest earnings data says we aren't near the bottom yet. Coming up next, the midterm elections are upon us. We encourage everyone to exercise their democratic right to vote if you have that right, and we will catch you on the flip side for our election readout. Most importantly, what the results mean for the markets. That's it for today. We'll be back next week for more Market Matters. In the meantime, if you have a question or topic of interest, reach out to us on LinkedIn or now on Twitter. You can also follow our views at newyorklifeinvestments.com and click the Insights tab. Until then, I'm Lauren Goodwin. See you next time. Our podcast is produced by Milo Benamox and our music was composed by the fabulous Zach Young. I will now read our disclosures from compliance. The S&P 500 is a stock market index tracking the stock performance of 500 large companies listed on the stock exchanges in the United States. It is not possible to invest directly in an index. Diversification does not ensure a profit or protect against a loss in a declining market. Past performance is no guarantee of future results, which may vary. All investments are subject to market risk and will fluctuate in value. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific date, is subject to change, and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information should not be relied upon by the reader as research or investment advice regarding the funds or any issuer or security in particular. The strategies discussed are strictly for illustrious 
administrative and educational purposes and are not a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any securities or adopt any investment strategy. There's no guarantee that any strategies discussed will be effective. This material contains general information only and does not take into account an individual's financial circumstances. This information should not be relied upon as a primary basis for an investment decision. Rather, an assessment should be made as to whether the information is appropriate in individual circumstances and consideration should be given to talking to a financial advisor before making an investment decision. New York Life Investments is both a service mark and the common trade name of certain investment advisors affiliated with New York Life Insurance Company. Securities are distributed by Nylife Distributors, LLC, 30 Hudson Street, Jersey City, New Jersey, 07302, a wholly owned subsidiary of New York Life Insurance Company. Nylife Distributors, LLC is a member of FINRA SIPC.